DJ and PK brought to you in part by Minky Couture. The best blanket ever is also the best gift for Valentine's Day. Get 30% off right now on any regularly priced blankets with the code word WELCOME30 at MinkyCouture.com. Take care of that Valentine's gift today by visiting a location near you in Ogden, Layton, Draper, Orem, Sugar House, or St. George. That's Minky Couture and Valentine's Day. Check them out at MinkyCouture.com. Question of the day, with the Jazz beating the Celtics now, five in a row, 16 out of 17, they have tied the best start in franchise history. They have 20 wins and only five losses. They win in 80% of their games. That is a, And in an 82-game season, that adds up to 66 wins. Obviously, they won't play an 82-game season. The Jazz oh, in a 90-game season, that adds up to <laughs> 70 wins. The Jazz have never had a 66-win season. We'll see if they can sustain this. But at this point, 20-5, and five, what more can you say? Tony says they're really fun to watch, and several players are contributing, so it does look hopeful. Tough stretch coming. That'll give us a really good idea on how good-slash-great we are. Basketball, saxophone, spider. <laughs> Okay. Uh, we yeah, already know they're good. So now the question is, you know, are they great? Are they the best? Uh, they're really good. That that debate needs to fade into the <laughs> rearview mirror. Yeah, are they the champ? Are they the number one team in the league? That's the best. Well, right now they are. Got the best they can't record. Be the chomp until uh, the summer. Exactly. Got the best record by one game over the Lakers right now, and by uh, I think it's two over the Sixers and three over the Clippers. You know, if we want to go, oh, well, they're just beating this team or that team. You know, the Lakers needed OT to beat the Pistons and the Thunder. Now, granted, the Thunder was without Anthony Davis. Uh, but so I don't think anybody's sweating that, all right? They needed overtime. They needed actually two overtimes against Detroit. Detroit sucks. But those things happen. The idea is did you gut it out? Did you find a way to win like they did against the Jazz, did against Indiana? Indiana is right there with one of the more impressive wins under the circumstances. Because I'll give you that it was tiring and all that stuff. But what I won't give you is that's a reason to lose. That's where I won't go. I'll give you the circumstances in and around leading up to the game. Fine. But go ahead and find a way to win. And they did. And that, to me, that's a sign of a good team. That's how you rack up those 60 wins. I mean, you're not whoever the leading contenders are, whoever wins 60 games. Just go back the last couple of years. I mean, well, it's not like you're beating the Warriors at their prime every game anyway. And there are 60-win teams that have been really good that have gone down in flames in the playoffs. The uh, Atlanta Hawks, I <laughs> went through Braves, Falcons, I was calling them the wrong name. The Hawks had a 60-win team, and they got swept in the Eastern Finals by LeBron. And Houston had a 65-win team, but they lost to the Warriors. So it's awesome that you do it in the regular season. You'd rather win than lose, but you still got to beat those teams that have the vets, who have the playoff experience, who know how to just get through the regular season, stay as fresh as possible. If you drop a few games, so what? You don't have to have the best record because you've been there before and you know what it takes. And both the Warriors and the Cavs at that point, they'd been there and they knew what it took. I I think that if you play – high level of basketball you know what it takes to win i mean i think that's overstated they know what it takes you don't think mitchell knows what it takes to win an nba title sure he does go bear these guys have been around the league now conley 
Well, you have to you say that the- obviously they're first-time champs. So when you don't know for a fact, teams and players still do know. That's how you win a championship for the first time when you haven't won it before. But I do think it's a legit question to ask about a team that doesn't have anybody who's played in the finals and only has one guy who's been in a conference final. And that doesn't mean that they can't figure it out and get it done because they can, but it's at minimum, it is a legit question to throw out there. I don't think they have to figure out anything. They just got to beat the team. They already know it. It's a question of doing it. I don't think they have to figure it out. They, They have to win. And I think we need to get to the point where, well, they have to play them. Well, I think they need to be, from the Jazz perspective, they have to play us. That's my big mantra for the morning. They have to play us, too. I don't it's doubt not that simply Rudy, we yeah. have to play them. I don't doubt that Rudy's thinking that right now. I get that Jazz fan listening may not be thinking that right now, but I, I think Rudy's already thinking that. And well, I think they Rudy's need to change that. their attitude. <laughs> Each right. and every one he is. That's right. If you're driving through Leighton on a... Uh, on uh, on the 15 right now, I-15. Change your attitude. Yeah. Holiday. Let's go. Right. Let's go. All you people headed to Lehigh. Better have a new it's attitude. It's time to have a winner attitude. In order to be a winner, you have to have a winner attitude. And you have to believe you're the best. And why not believe it? What more do you need to believe right now? What more need do you need to have happen to have you believe? Come on, this is a community of believers, Dave. You're right front and center. <laughs> I would All say all the sacrificing you've made in the faith in the name of believing. Come on. I would say, and I believe that a lot of people driving through Layton and Lehigh and wherever else jazz fans uh, commuting this morning think, what what one thing do I need to see? What do I need to see? Let's see the Jazz dismantle the Lakers on ESPN on Wednesday, February twenty fourth. Let's see that. And that I'll believe. That's it? That's all it takes? They don't need to dismantle them. They just need to beat them. You don't get any more style points for this isn't college football. This That's the great thing about the pro, pro sports. This isn't settled by some stupid committee. <laughs> it doesn't matter what You don't what have to Shaq tune thinks. in to ESPN <laughs> at 7 o'clock on Tuesday night. Only people buy into that nonsense. It's all a television show designed to suck you in to make money and good for the college football people because they certainly have done it. And so we get all excited. Oh, man. And we we tweeted out, the Cougars are ranked ninth. The Cougars are ranked 12th. Can you believe that? Meanwhile, cha-ching for those people yeah. who are doing that stuff. Get out of town with that crap. Some have a, Once you involve voting... It's voter fraud. That's what I'm calling it. And I'm not going to believe it's legitimate, nor will I ever believe it's legitimate. It's a bunch of nonsense. But at the pro level, who's got the most wins? That's what it is at the pro level. Who's got the most wins? Who's set up? Who got themselves and earned whatever seed and there's no voting? If the Bucks are the fifth seed, they're the fifth seed, and they'll just have to go beat Drew Brees, and they'll have to go beat Aaron Rodgers, and then they'll have to go beat Patrick Mahomes. You're the fifth seed because of how many games you won. Deal with it. And they did. And now they're going to have a boat parade. All right, we've got more people weighing in here. Uh, <laughs> great win. This is a, 
this is a good one here. Steven says, great win, fun to watch, hate to be that guy. I'm really interested in see how they compete against the Lakers and Clippers in Denver. You know, Lakers and Clippers, I get. Uh, obviously, just look at the standings, and they're second and third, and they've gotten all the hype. Denver's that interesting case, right? Because Denver, if you look at the standings, they, were, they weren't very good at the start of the year. Then they had a great streak, and now they're struggling again, big time. And they have dropped big time in the standings. They had gotten all the way to fourth. They dropped all the way to seventh. They're only a game over 500. But are they somebody the Jazz could see in the first round who's a tough matchup? The Joker can get hot for a series and knock you out. It's easy to stare at the Lakers and Clippers, but do you have another team that's kryptonite that's a tough matchup somewhere else? I, I actually think that that would work for the Jazz big time. You know, to get a team who totally had their attention and completely had their focus, and the Nuggets would. Because the Nuggets knocked them out last year. But I get why you put that in there. You, you saw the Jazz lose to Denver. Now they've also beaten Denver this year, but we don't seem to focus on that. We focus more on the loss because the Jazz have won 16-17. to 17, And What went wrong? Well, they hit a bunch of threes. That's what went wrong. Scotty says, I'm not a Jazz fan, but I couldn't be more excited for my friends who are. Keep it up and finish the season just as strong, if not stronger. Go, Jazz, go, or whatever the hell you people say. <laughs> Kind of dismissive at the end, Scotty, for being so supportive. (laughs) Actually, I don't see how you're not a Jazz fan, though. I mean, I get you're not a hardcore in it for life. I understand that. But when you watch this this team play, how do you not come away from that by not being a fan of the way they play? And I mean that honestly. Because it's fun to watch the ball move, and it's fun to watch guys stick three-pointers from all over the place and then hit big ones at the end. Oh, yeah, the big three has replaced the power move dunk. I mean, Bogdanovich had that one, drove down the left side and throw it. He likes to jam it uh, authoritatively with his left hand. We've seen him do that a, a few times now, and, and that, that's a fun move. But you don't see that as much. There's not as many in-your-face dunks. And all that. What the way, the way the game has evolved is the big three, and the step back three, in the face of pressure, that Donovan Mitchell can do, or Bogdanovich, some dope comes flying by. He slide steps, and and then is behind the line and makes the three. Place goes. Could you imagine if there was eighteen, nineteen thousand people in that arena last night? Man, things just would have been so loud, and so and. Thankfully, they're letting in some, close to 4,000. I mean, obviously, that's better than nothing. You can get a little bit of an atmosphere there. But that three that you say, yeah, that is just fun to watch. Anytime you're playing unselfish ball, it's fun to watch. Selfish ball is where it gets boring, for me anyway, and I think probably for a lot of people. So I think as the Jazz continue to, I don't want to say burst on the scene, but continue to grow in acclaim, that more people will get on board. If you're just a, I like to think of myself as a basketball purist. I like to think of myself as a pure sports fan. I'm in the into it for the love of the individual sports, as opposed to rooting for uh, team X Y Z. And I want to see the game being played the right way. And the way the Jazz play the game right now, it's a different game than what it used to be. But they're playing it the right way. So how are you not a fan of that? You root for another team. Right. I get it. You, you, you have your team. But still, 
how are you not a fan of that brand of basketball? It doesn't necessarily have to be the Jazz. It just is the Jazz. That's what we're talking about. But how are you not a fan of that brand of basketball, no matter who's playing it? It's like watching Gonzaga, too, right? I'm not a personal fan of Gonzaga, but watching them play and move the ball the way they do, I'm a fan of that brand of basketball. That's what I'm saying. And so I think that you're going to see a lot more people are going to get behind the Jazz and say, yeah. And you, and you've brought this up many times over the years, copycat league, if we don't see more teams doing this. Now it's hard to get a number 27 in the middle. So you can copy it all you want, but there's not that many players on the face of the planet here who can do defensively and move, have the lateral ability to get out on a screen and still recover to make that shot difficult. I understand that. Those guys don't fall off trees. But if you can find ways, you might. I think we're, we are seeing it. It's just finding ways to accomplish it, and we're going to see that even more so. And maybe we see, if you should get a Gobert like, well, then I don't need him to shoot threes because his value is so great that I don't need him to do that. Other teams where your value wouldn't be nearly as good, so you would have to add it other ways, and that's for big men shooting the three, like a Lopez for Milwaukee, who we'll see here on the weekend. He's not somebody who's an intimidating rim defender, but he adds value to the team. He has size, but he can also step out. Well, I think to the degree it is a copycat league, I think the Jazz have loosely copied uh, you know, the way the Warriors built their team, right? A ton of three-point shooting, a really deep bench. Now, the differences are, you know, they had Steph Curry and they had Clay Thompson. And, you know, is Donovan Mitchell one of those guys maybe? But they certainly don't have those two. But at the same time, they got Rudy defensively and... That wasn't what the Warriors had. I mean, they put big guys in there, but they weren't overwhelmingly dominant. Um, but they made up for it because they had even more star power shooting the ball. But there are similarities. Both yes. teams shoot the three really well, and both teams could go down the bench, and the seventh guy and the eighth guy could come in, make contributions, and beat the guy across from them in the you know 20 minutes or whatever that they got to play. Well, I'm not going to put Mitchell on Steph Curry's level just yet. That's not fair. He's too young. Check back in three years, but he's on the way. And in certain circumstances and situations, I will. Just like I said with Jalen Brown, you know, that first quarter, he's probably as good as anybody was going to be in the league in that given situation. He's not as good as anybody in the league consistently, but in that first quarter he was. Same deal with Mitchell here. In certain situations, he's on that level. But I think where the Jazz get you, you know, they may not have the, the upfront punch with a Clay Thompson and a Steph Curry but I'd have to double-check off the top of my head, thinking back on that those Warrior teams. I don't think they're having a Clarkson and Ingles off the bench, and I realize Ingles wasn't off the bench, nor do I, ha- I think they have had the ability of someone who was a bench guy, but I need you to be a starter and play so well. Ingles was just outstanding. I can make a case that that was one of his top five games as an NBA pro. I mean, he was just incredible, man. And and to, to it's like, okay, you need me to do this, and we'll have him on tomorrow, I assume, and we'll ask him, and he'll downplay it because he likes to shrug and doesn't really like to talk about himself. And 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 that's consistent in who he's. The the great thing about Joe is he's not a phony. 
he is who he is, and he's stayed consistent to that. So it's not like, oh, all shucks, you know, I just did what I did. You know what I mean? He doesn't – it's what he's – whether he's 0 for 5 or 5 for 5, his mindset is still the same. It's about the team winning the ball game. So he's proven true over all sorts of circumstances. But I find it interesting that, okay, Conley's out. We need some more punch. I'll give it to you. Hmm. And he does that. That was He was awesome. All right, DJ and PK, we got to take a break. When we come back, uh, Tim LeCoult, Jazz Radio Studio Analyst, will join us. He's coming up next, and we will look forward to Joe tomorrow. Yeah, basically the argument for Joe is, Joe, you go out and do that, Jazz fans think you can do that all the time. And if you don't and the team wins, so what? But when you don't and the team loses, it just drives him nuts. That is the essence of why people have been screaming for him to shoot more uh, all these years because they feel like he's got that in him. And now we've seen it. Again, because that's not the first time he's done that. All right, Tim LeCove coming up next. Stay with us. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. David Locke, the play-by-play voice of the Utah Jazz. If we have the best record in the NBA and we have one player who is statistically more impactful than any other player on our roster, why isn't he talked about as an MVP? We go to the MVP ladder. Number one is LeBron. Fair. Number two is Joel Embiid. Number three is Nikola Jokic. Number four is Kevin Durant. I guess. He's been great. Number five is Kawhi Leonard. Okay, but this is where the bullcrap starts. Six is young. Seven is Paul George. Eight is Luca. Nine is Steph. Ten is Dame. Eleven is Jason Tatum. Other five more: Bradley Beal, Donovan Mitchell, Demata Sabonis, Kyrie Irving, Jalen Brunson. Watch the beeping game. We have the best record in the NBA. We're just not going to mention Rudy. He's just not going to make the list. Like seriously. Hanson Scotting weekdays from ten to two on 97.5-1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Kick it, bitches. DJ and PK reminding you Valentine's Day is this week. Flowers make the perfect gift. Jimmy's Flowers, a longtime partner with The Zone, can make it easy by visiting them at jimmysflowers.com. Remember, Valentine's Day is on Sunday this year. Jimmy's Flowers at jimmysflowers.com. Party Hounds and the Big Dog joins us now. Tim Lacombe, former BYU assistant coach. He's also on Rick Majerus' staff at the U. Now he's our jazz radio studio analyst. You hear him with Jake Scott on the pre-half and post-game shows. Tim, good morning. Whether you want to or not, this is the guy you got. (laughs) ELC in the house. What's up, boys? (laughs) So, have you gotten your second win now in the jazz season? Because there is something, you know, you think you're watching a lot of basketball, and you think you should, but when you have to have the old butt in the old seat for the pre-half of the post, no matter if the game is interesting or it's predictable, if it's close or it's lopsided, you get a whole different feel for the NBA season. It can wear people down. You getting your second win now? You sound pumped. Uh, no, I'm, st- I'm still actually looking for – I've ordered my second win on Amazon, but it's, it's a day late. Um, I, the doorbell rings. I think they're bringing my second win, but hopefully it will come today. Well, when it comes today, I don't know that you even need it because I have all sorts of energy for this team because the way they're playing is just simply sensational. The thing that I like 
is that you just look at the last two games. You know, early last night, the shots weren't just dropping left and right. Pretty much the whole game against Indiana, three-pointers weren't necessarily dropping. So find ways to win. Can you speak to the what, – what am I looking for? Just to the hallmark of a team that finds ways to win when your number one way isn't necessarily working for you. Yeah, I think what's been um... – fascinating about this season so far and I think DJ you hit on the head um, I've never experienced an NBA season like this you know because I'm last year I kind of did some of the games and this year I'm doing every one of them so uh, you know for me being having been in the professional a long time I, I, I noticed every little thing from the very beginning of the season and you know what I think the reason this team has finds different ways to win is I believe like they're all invested in winning. Um, I think this is a a team that says all the right things, and I hear all that you know from coaches and from the players. But what's really exciting to me is that that message and everything they talk about. When you watch that with your eyes, you watch the games, you see all of that. You see all of the, you know that they're intent on making the right basketball play that guys have committed to becoming better defenders. Um, you know, that, you know, the coaching staff, we're going to play faster and we're going to, we're going to tweak kind of what we do. And they certainly have done that. And so what's exciting to me is that all that stuff you mentioned, PK is definitely um, tangible. It's not ethereal. It's not stuff that, you know, a lot of times players and coaches will say stuff and then, the actual product on the court doesn't match anything that's being said. And I think that that's to me been more exciting than anything is that this plan was put in place uh, and the buy-in from the team seems to be a hundred percent. And I think when you do that, you're not fixated on simply one way to win, but like you mentioned, finding ways to do that. So it seems like even when things are going wrong, and this is one of the things they say, but it's hard to do. Even when things are going wrong, there seems to be this mix of, well, number one, they keep doing what they're doing. You know, you keep shooting threes, right? But there also seems to be this patience and like, hey, we can get rebounds or we can defend and lock guys down. So even when it's going wrong and they're down by six at Indiana, it still feels like they got this. And that level of confidence to get that is it's a really hard thing to do, but it seems like they've done it and they've got it. No, it's funny because I, I actually made that comment to Jake as tough as that game was in Indiana and tough as a circumstance with three days in, or excuse me, three games in three and a half days, obviously the early tip time for the Super Bowl, um, and an Indiana team that really that team and those guys have given the jazz trouble. I think last year they beat the jazz 25 in Indiana. Mm-hmm. So, um, I had the same feeling, though. You know, the Jazz, there there was parts of the game where they just maybe weren't clicking, um, but their defense, their rebounding, their attention to detail really keep them in every game. And you know with this team that that spurt's coming. Um, and again, the, the nice thing about it, doesn't have to come in any particular way. It doesn't have to be they may make a flurry of threes or they, they get the game out and transition a bunch. They can beat you in so many different ways, and – it's really a couple of those things stacking up that start a run. 
And then once they go on a run and the confidence kicks in even more, you know, that's where, like last night with Boston, I knew it was, it was a kind of a nip and tuck close game, but I knew the Jazz had their run in there. And it, honestly, I felt really comfortable the entire game that they were going to find a way to win. How about old man Joe Ingles, man? Joe, if you're driving to work, you're one of the senior guys on the team, so I get to call you that. Or not to work, driving your kid to school. Uh, Conley's out, so he just plays one of his better, if not the best game of the season, man. That's quite the luxury to be able to call on him and have him deliver like that. Such a luxury. Uh, you know, I've talked about it. It's What makes this Jazz team unique is, uh, you know, for years our our come from around here was a big guy gets the rebound and throws it out to Stockton or Darren Williams, and they dribble the ball up and they initiate offense. And, you know, you run great half-court stuff and you screen hard and you play really fast, you know, play with a ton of energy, and that gets you what you want. Um, to be able to have a couple of different guys that, you know, you can outlet the ball to or can bring it on their own, uh, heaven forbid, you know, start the break, which is really hard to, to defend against. Uh, but then to be able to put all those guys, and by those guys, they're not just guys. Like you mentioned, Joe Ingles is he is phenomenal. Um, he may be one of the best guys in pick and roll, and his pace. People, We talk about pace as coaches all the time, and pace is kind of this uh, ethereal word for you know really reading the situation and transition with pace. You really want to have – some fire in your step like we saw Donovan late in the game last night, take that thing all the way to the cup and score. Um, but pace can also be in a ball screen where, you know, you you come off the ball screen, you're in sync with the guy setting it, um, everything happens in synergy between the two of you. You're reading your defender. If your defender's behind you, you keep him on the, their hip. And what he's just he's just so good at reading the defense and you know, to have Mike Conley out and to be able to bring a guy like that in to just run the show and calm everything down ends up with six assists, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and the thing I'll say about Joe, I think, you know, we talked a lot about Mike Conley being a little bit out of his comfort zone last year. And I think it really affected Joe, too. And I think that's where we saw Joe, you know, maybe trying to figure out how he fit, where the shots were coming from. I don't sense that at all this year. I think he's... Uh, completely comfortable and like last night in my mind there's a lot of reasons the jazz won the game but i think pk you're on to probably one of the biggest reasons and you know donovan was spectacular um but joe really like mike's done all year kind of ran the show held everything together and i'm a huge fan of joe I, he loves fun playing the game he doesn't take it all that too serious um he understands bigger things but, man, he's a competitive guy, and he really, really understands score and wants to win. Well, you can tell that with the trash talking because he I gets going sometimes. Yeah. But I, I, mean, I want you to – me, Literally, I got three of us playing. <laughs> you know, I, I, I would want, be in your grill. I want you to talk about the pace, and you must have, as a college coach, tried to coach up you know, freshmen and sophomores on this kind of stuff because you'll hear a team that loses and has a lot of turnovers say, oh, they sped us up. And you want to be fast and athletic and have that when you need it. But the best defensive players slow down. They know they have all the answers. And they're just waiting to read, like, what are you going to take away from me? Okay, if you take that, then I can go do this. Because they've got – are you doing dishes? 
<laughs> no, no, I'm just grabbing a Diet Coke out of the <laughs> okay, good out of the garage. <laughs> so they, they've got all the answers, and so the whole slow mo Joe thing isn't because Joe is slow. If he were that slow, every pick and roll would be run at him, and the Jazz would be giving up 150 points. He's that slow because when you're on offense and you're really in command, you get to do that, and it makes you more dangerous. Can you kind of explain that and elaborate it, and how you try to teach it to you know 19 year olds? And he's got well, it. You, you actually just did a great job because, really, that is the essence of it. Um, pace is not particularly the the speed with which you play, but more the force. And the force is dictated, obviously, by what you see. Um, your defender, obviously, everything starts with your defender. Uh, your defender will give you cues. Um, when, they, when you catch the ball and... You, you just take a snapshot of, you know, who, who am I first and what are my strengths and then what's my defender? You know, where is he and what's he doing? And a lot of times guys will close at a bad angle and open up the gate. And, again, if you're tuned into all that stuff, you'll have a great understanding. And what's awesome this year about the Jazz is really all it takes to get uh, uh, offensive spurt started is – pushing the ball in transition and breaking the paint or catching the ball on a skip, you know, start with a ball screen, come off it, skip it. Your guys reacting to how, you know, you, to you catching the ball. And when they close to you, that's where your opportunity to read and then pace dictates, Hey, I'm going to be patient here uh, and use a ball screen or no, Hey, this guy's completely out of position. I am going to take advantage of that left shoulder and I'm going to drive hard right through that straight line, and I'm going to put pressure on the defense. And in a ball screen, um, you know, you need to let the guy get set. That's number one. You guys have, you know, you and the guy setting it have to be in an unbelievably good sync, and he has to be set. You've seen oftentimes where Rudy's not quite set, guy starts and moving pick, so it's an easy way to, to foul it up if you're too, you know, if you're too quick. But, um catch the ball, survey it, read your man. And then the next progression is read, you know, read the help. And what the Jazz have done so good is I think they've communicated and taught that so well that they're always figuring out a way to play on advantage. And last night, Boston switched everything. And we know that's been a little bit of a, a kryptonite deal with Rockets, you know, teams with length that can switch. And it really did kind of slow the Jazz down in the first half, but it didn't bog them down. And they got to, the, to halftime and they went in and made some adjustments and they came out and absolutely torched it. And as David said last night, you know, most teams have a plan and it works fairly well for a bit. And then they got to pull the ripcord on the plan. And that's when you know you're playing great offense and you are using pace to your advantage. So over the course of the next two weeks, they got Milwaukee, Philadelphia, the Clippers twice, uh, the Lakers, Miami's sort of a disappointment, but they've had all sorts of issues there. But nevertheless, the teams that I just looked at are just named all pretty good teams. So schedule beefs up. Uh, what are you expecting as far as this goes? It's funny. We talked about this on the pregame last night. And, you know, when you have an 11-game winning streak and you win – 16 out of 17. Isn't that where we're at right now? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the expectation is probably to win every game you play. I mean, that's 
I've got a whole theory on expectation and how uh, what I feel like the Jazz are doing is they're now prepping for Milwaukee. And they're figuring out ways to tweak their plan last time that worked well. So that they, you know, Milwaukee has to come in here and, re- and adjust to what the Jazz are doing. Um, my expectation is that this team is right now one of the top, you know, three or four teams in the NBA. And, you know, record would say they're number one. We all know that there's really good players out there. But I think if the Jazz can continue to keep it simple and – I love that they've got a couple of days off because I certainly needed one. Um, I needed. I can't believe I got two nights off in a row. It's pretty awesome. But these guys are going to thrive on this little break. And my my thought is, I think this comes at a great time because, akin to like a video game, the Jazz have played, you know, about middle of the road. They're probably fifteenth in strength of schedule. Um, so they played really good teams, and they played some teams that aren't considered great. But this is an opportunity now to level up. And this um, this little stretch, which they passed the first test last night, I think they're in the right mindset where, hey, they're not looking at it being, like we just said, you know, the Bucks and the Heat and the Clippers twice. They're looking at this thing like the Bucks. You know, what do we have to do to be successful against the Bucks? And they roll it out there and play. And I think as long as they can keep it simple, I really do believe they can. I mean, my thought is, Let's win three or four at home, and let's go down there and split in L.A. Uh, but understanding that this Jazz team has the, the capacity and, the, and they could go in there and, do, and win them all, I wouldn't be totally shocked. But I think they go on some, another crazy run right here. It's just validation to everything that we've talked about to this point. So how much do players really, and you told your players, tune out the noise, tune out the noise, but how much do they tune it out because – P.K. and I were sitting there before the Celtic game going, Donovan's going to go off. A, he's going to have a great stat line because he's a great player and he has a lot of great stat lines. But he gets B, to Shaq if he does. Right, Conley, yeah. Conley's out so he knows, right, there's nobody to pick it up if I'm a little off, so I better not be a little off, right? And then three, it's TNT and Shaq's watching. That's right, I'm going to drop the hammer. And so sure enough... 36 points, and he's sticking multiple threes. And you know you're not supposed to when you're defended. If you have to jump over a guy to be open, you're not open. And that rule applies to 99% of the players, but it doesn't apply to the best. And so Donovan you know, jumps four feet in the air over a guy and sticks a three from 27 feet. I mean, it was ridiculous, and everybody went nuts, but he did it. So how much is he really tuning out the noise, and how much of that is BS? And he wanted to just light it up on TNT. Well, you can't in this day and age tune out all of the noise. Um, you know, obviously these guys like us uh, have access to more information than we know what to do with. Um, I think tuning out the noise is not so much a physical thing, but a mental thing. And I think there's sometimes the noise can motivate you uh, in like in the case of this, you know, the, the Shaq stuff. Um, and I just want to take an opportunity to thank Shaq for um, you know, looking out for us and, and coaching up Donovan because I thought that was sure admirable. Um, of course, uh, but, but I think that that's the key is I, I think you can get too entrenched in it and you be, you know, you start thinking that your worth somehow is, is defined by what people think. And that's certainly not the case. 
I think the piece to this, and again, I started with this, I'll, I'll come back to it. I listen intently to everything that is said by this guy, this team and the coaches, and whether it be Lagarza or Wells at halftime, um, Quinn before the game and after the game, and then the myriad of players that you get an opportunity to listen to. And the thing that I am tuning into, what I'm really trying to see is, are the words that are being spoken and the stuff that's transpiring on the floor, are they congruent? Because I'm seriously, it it could be a funny uh, exercise to sit and listen to a bunch of stuff that sports people say, and then you go watch their games and say, they're not even, they don't even sound like, they don't even look like the same thing. Where I think the Jazz are really clued into stuff here is I think the mental side of this thing is really solid. And whatever they're doing with that, however they're focusing, keep it up because I think it's uh, it's definitely paying dividends. And this team is mature. You know, like Donovan's mature beyond its years, his years. But the mixture of exciting young guys and vets um, that have been down a road before that's ended in discouragement and want something a little bit different, I think that's what's motivating all this. And so – yeah, you cannot turn out, tune out the noise completely, but my thought is you can use that noise and some of the information that comes from it to your advantage. He's Tim Lacombe. He's on the Jazz Radio broadcast, and he is off until Friday. Woohoo! Then you get a back. And I'm not doing up. the dishes. <laughs> That's good. Once upon a time, a listener got a nickname because he actually was doing dishes while lighting this up. Well, I'm sure I've got nicknames um, that aren't shared with me, but uh, Timmy Tangent will stick with that. And we did good today staying on, on task because PK was so quiet. Yeah, well, I mean, I do what I do. And you do it very well, sir. Thank you. All right, All right. Tim, Tim McComb. Tim, we will talk to you again next week. We'll hear you uh, Friday night. Sounds great. Thank you all for having me on. Have a great day. Tim McComb, Jazz Radio Studio Analyst. Aaron Roderick, BYU Offensive Coordinator, is coming up. Yes, the Jazz Love Fest will hit pause in 15 minutes for a little BYU football. But first, we got more people uh, with their takes on the Jazz game. People just waking up, just joining the show. And we will get to those next. Stay with us. The Big Show. The Big Show. With Jake Scott and Gordon Monson. Have you showed Lisa this story? No. Will you put the headset on her and show her that story? <laughs> okay, now you be respectful while I'm gone, okay? Okay. Hey, hey fellas. Yeah. Gordon is back. Hi, Gordon. Yeah, she's not here. I think she's on a walk or something. Now, wait a minute. Did you eat something? <laughs> I grabbed a snack. On the... You I didn't did go... <laughs> even go look for it. <laughs> I saw a couple of M&Ms, so I took them in my mouth, and then I went to the other side of the house to look for them. You did not. You just went to the kitchen <laughs> to grab a snack. <laughs> It's okay, isn't it? Sure, they're waiting on air for me, but heck, I'm oh, hungry. Well, yeah, eat some oh, I got a snack. <laughs> Catch the Big Show weekdays from 2 to 7. Presented by Big O' Tires, the team you trust. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Join the Big Show Friday from 2 to 6 at the Warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West in Salt Lake City. Price is so low, it'll blow your mind. Boom! All right, PK, we've <laughs> talked a lot about the game, about what people could see what they did see, the thing that most people can't see because they aren't allowed on the Zoom calls and all of the info to log in like you and I do. You know, there are a lot of people who want the jazz to get national attention and 
Let's face it, you got to play the hits. There's more people in L.A. and New York. Those teams are going to get talked about more. They're not going to talk about the Utahs and the Indianas and the Portlands and the Denvers as much unless you do hey. something and really earn it. And yeah, couldn't, yeah, there you go. could not help but notice last night on the post-game Zoom what? that there were both USA Today and ESPN personnel in there asking questions yeah. of everybody. And you know from doing a million of these, you can listen, whether it's old school, you know, 12 months ago, when you're standing in a circle around a coach, or if it's new school and you're on Zoom, you can hear the questions and you know where the stories are going. You know the stories they're working on. Anybody who's done it for a while can do that. And so True. as they ask multiple questions, you're like, they're stocking up on multiple on multiple answers here. They're going to be writing stuff going forward. And you get a third of the way through the season, and in a 72-game season, that was game 24, was a, was a third of the way through, uh, you know, they're viewing them as they're a real deal, and they're really good. And we usually do focus on the top 10 players in the game and the top three teams in the league, and the four or five biggest markets. And you look there, and you can usually find most of the stories they do. So we're not one of the biggest markets, so either Donovan is now one of the top ten players, or Rudy is, or this is one of the top three teams in the league. Because USA Today and ESPN are showing up, and my guess is we're going to see more of that, not less. That's the great thing about it, is that you can overcome all that. All you have to do is win. Now, all you have to do is a monumental task, but you will receive all the acclaim, all the praise, you name it. You don't have to be any particular place, which I think you have to be. It's like San Antonio was so good for so long, right? And they're not not bad now by any stretch, but they're not what they were. Uh, So they could receive a ton of publicity. Uh, Tim Duncan wasn't somebody who was comfortable doing that for whatever the reasons may be that was who he was right he didn't like any of that stuff well mitchell is just a he's a reporter's dream right he'll give you deep extended answers he'll speak he'll make himself available and so he is a commodity that you can really sell in this league that goes way beyond the Intermountain West and the area in which we live, right? He can be on the highest stage. And he can do it right here because they'll flock to you. You don't have to go to them. And especially now, too, with these Zooms, you were asking yesterday about things that might continue going forward uh, through the pandemic. Mm -hmm. I can see the Zoom thing because... What that does, the local folks may not like it all that much. It depends on who you are. I'm not sure. I don't know if they do or they don't. But you don't have to be there anymore. You can be anywhere on this planet, get the information, log on, and away you go. So you can sit in Maine, to use an example, you know, uh, furthest place away northeast, right? You can watch that game and then participate in the post-game interviews. And so with that way, man, the Jazz can get more if they crave that or want that. I don't know that they do, but if they do, they can get that now anywhere because you can just log on your computer. You can do it on your phone. doesn't matter where you are, and you can participate as you've seen on that, all these questions 
that come from all over the place. So that's sort of cool to give that access. So I'm wondering, even if they have some type of in-person, the way it was you know, for many, many years, if they still offered Zoom, and especially here, why not? Get the word out. And the word will get out, though, I think, because Winning. great play <laughs> requires attention. It just does. And if you're covering the league, all of us who are in this business – once we get past the fandom, and I think it may take a few years, but eventually I think most of us, if not all of us, who have been in the business for a long time. We get past the fandom, and we're not really caught up in the team, or my favorite team, this or that. We're about stories. It's a story. Sports are stories. That's what resonates with people. And I just opened the L.A. Times this morning here, and I saw they got a big piece on Clayton Kershaw about his maturity and his life and everything. And it's a picture of him and his wife and his three kids. That's a story. It's not about him throwing a curveball that breaks three feet and strikes somebody out. It's a story about the person. And I think that's what people are connected to. And so the Jazz, as long as they win, and they will continue to win, this, this story will only mushroom. DJ and PK, we are going to hit pause on the Jazz for just a minute. Aaron Roderick, BYU Offensive Coordinator, coming up, sending a quarterback to the NFL draft. What are they going to do? He is now the guy because Jeff Grimes has moved on to greener pastures. Green is the color of the realm. Am I right, PK? Well, Baylor's, their color is green. I think that's Literally. What no, that wasn't, that wasn't what I meant. But it works, so it we'll just go just with it. It fine. It does. <laughs> we'll talk with Aaron next. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone.